and we'll risk it all to try to stand out from the herd. It's the Cinema 9 Podcast with your host, Eric Brandstrom, Michael Govier, and Travis Roy. Coming to a speaker near you right now. And we're live here at the Cinema 9 Podcast Horror Corner with just me and Eric. Mike's sitting this one out because he doesn't really do horror that much and he's a busy man and he's not seen the stuff we're going to talk about. Eric, how you doing? Just because it's November 2nd doesn't mean we are not super fucking excited to be talking horror. And talk horror we will be, man, because, Travis, we are covering some heavy hitters tonight. Eric, my friend, do you have Halloween candy in your mouth as we podcast right now? (laughs) I cracked open a king-size Hershey's chocolate bar with almonds. I couldn't wait. I couldn't even wait to mute myself. I wanted it so badly. So Exercise some restraint. All right. We're going to be talking about what a barbarian. Mm -hmm. And what's the other thing we're going to be talking about, which I think we should start with? Guillermo del Toro's uh, The Cabinet of Curiosities. And I double-checked. I've seen like four episodes. And there's eight, so you know I don't care about spoilers. I don't even know if I'm going to finish it, so we're going to oh, have really? at it. So you're not feeling it? No, no. All right. So you watched the first four episodes and aren't feeling. Um, it. I watched the first three, and then I had to skip over to my boy Panos's. Oh, uh, you but, fucked up! The fourth yeah. episode is the best episode in the series. Is it? Are you talking about Autopsy or on yeah. Lily and Poor's episode? No, I watched Autopsy. Oh, is Autopsy number three? Yeah, I think that's the third one. Okay. I think that one's the best one in the series. So you did well in watching that. And obviously, Mm. I understand jumping ahead to uh, what's Cosmatos one called again? Uh, The the Visitation. The Visitation. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So I miss Jennifer Kent's too. I think she did the last one, which I'm hearing good things about. I think that the best episodes in this series were, um, I believe his name's David Pryor's. Yeah. Brian did The Empty Man. Yeah, who did The Empty Man, which I really liked. Uh, He did The Autopsy, and F. Murray Abraham is outstanding in it. It's an awesome plot. It's really well directed. I... Uh, and by the way, wait, we're going to do this is going to be spoilers. So we'll, uh, sure. anyone, not, anyone who's checking out and not, not, a, you know, hasn't seen it yet. We're going to get into some spoilers. But yeah, that in the episode of that Jennifer, Kent, right? Jen Kent. Jen, Jennifer yeah, Kent. Jennifer Kent. Jennifer Kent. Yeah, that did Baba Duke and uh, Nightingale. Nightingale. Fuck she yeah, did uh, an episode with the last episode, which I thought is also is, is the second best of the season. Oh, yeah, I, okay. I like that episode quite a bit. That said, I was pretty disappointed in the visitation. <gasps> I feel like Panos Cosmatos is, I mean, I love Mandy so much, as you well know, Eric. I mean, I fucking love Mandy. But I felt like I was just watching Mandy again, only with Eric Andre and Stephen Agee, which felt weird. Like, why are you? I mean, hit like Cosmatos paired up with uh, Peter Weller makes total sense. That's a good team up. How fucking cool, A, was it to see Peter Weller again? And B, to see that, like, he still looks good and totally capable. Why is this guy not in more movies? I will leave this podcast if you don't stop eating. I, can, I don't I, know if I it's can. that big of a problem. <laughs> it is for me, dude. I, I can't do it. I can't talk to someone eating. I'm sorry. Okay. It, All it right. It drives me nuts. 
I'm going to set down. I'm setting down misophonia. the chocolate you're, bar. You're always talking about misophonia. That's true. I'm other set, set down the bar. Thank you. I'm, I'm not the only one over here that doesn't want to listen later. to you. All right. Thank you. Sorry. Right. I'm sorry, but I, I can't gonna drink it. my coffee though. That's fine. Um, what were you saying? Because I was paying. Is your head going to explode and cave in? No, I'm saying where the fuck is why aren't more people using Peter Weller? Like, right. like, like he's not that old. He still looks good. Like he's he was fantastic in the episode, in my opinion. Granted, he, he sat there talking nonsense for an hour, but yeah, I love I I loved him in the role. Um, yeah, I got a lot to say about that. I'm kind of surprised that you weren't feeling it too much. But in general, okay, so we got Guillermo del Toro. I think he wrote. Did he not write have a hand in writing all of them or just a few of them? Not yeah, not all of them because there's two HP Lovecraft uh, adaptations, uh, but there's quite a few that are ones that he uh, had a part in, and this was one. Uh, Visitations was that that's that's Panos Cosmodos and someone mm-hmm. else. Yeah, I did seem out of place. Um, yeah, so horror anthology. I mean, this is an eight part series, a horror anthology series on Netflix. So I'm going to make a statement that, you know, here we are in our horror corner being our horror nerds. And I tout myself as some sort of horror aficionado. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose some street cred with this statement, but I I love (gasps) gore. I love gore in film, but there is times in this series where I'm like, Oh Jesus fucking Christ. Like, do I need to see the skinned head of a dog? Um, do I need to see that? Like, you know, I'm like some of this shit. I'm like, I'm like this fucking Christ over the top effects. I'm I'm like "Ah, too much getting old Travis. Come on, man, dude. Come on. I do not need to learn how an (laughs) autopsy works. I got like, that was rough. I I got away a couple times. I got a play by play on how to do that. Uh, and there was another form one. No, in that episode, could you do one? <laughs> I think so with the proper tools. <laughs> the skin was so gross. I was all thick and like, oh, it was oh, yucky. The, the clunking scissors through the fucking sternum. <laughs> that was the rough part. And Cut we stapled them back up. Ew, oh, gross. man, that was rough. And then um, the episode before that, the uh, rats in the graveyard episode, which as I'm watching, the, the, I'm just like, how, why would you crawl through this fucking tunnel? Who, what kind of fool? Uh, yeah, I guess. But. Uh, there, there's some stuff in there too just like so much gore like all this fucking gore i don't know man i like gore i like gore i do i swear i do but there is i felt like there was a kind of excessive amount in some of these features it's tricky um, um but here's the here's the trick here's why i think I, I think i might be able to uh help you out with this one back in the day especially in the 80s where we didn't see like as much gore as we did in the 80s Sure. It looked it it for the most part it looked so bad that it wasn't as bothersome. It was more yeah. fun because it looked right. so bad. Now that it like fucking looks real, it's becoming kind of an issue. That's that's what I'm saying. I mean, like at least I mean I, Yeah, it, it's incredibly realistic. I I mean, and th- there's just I can handle some of the stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like some of it is awesome. I'm like, "Yes, like that's cool. I like that." But some of it like you're really it that's what it looks like clearly when you cut a heart in half and i don't <laughs> want to know i'm not a fucking surgeon anyway so i mean that's my that's my kvetch if I, I i have less than i think than some people overall i gave it a seven on imdb i didn't mm. love it i certainly liked the series on the main i feel like um like any anthology with different directors there's some real high high points and some and some some less there's there's one or two like i, I kind of found the uh 
Uh, Anna, what's her name? Yeah, I found her episode a little dull, a little, yeah. a little boring. Um, one thing I really liked about the show, though, is that every single episode is a really well done period piece. Everyone, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. Yeah, great production design across the board. Uh, if you want to call, you know, fog and uh, fog and gels production design when it comes to uh, panels, Cosmonos. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lot 36. I'm surprised they started with that one. I thought it was just awful. Uh, dumb. The monster at the end looks stupid. And I, it's, just, <laughs> ugh, it's, like, it's fucking dumb. I didn't think it was awful, but I don't think it was the best foot forward for the show by any means. Because for it was it was also kind of political, which I think that's going to turn some people off, which I don't give a fuck. I mean, I, I liked that, that aspect of it, but I could, you know, well, I guess who gives a shit? If that turns you off, fuck mm-hmm. you anyway. But uh, it all but it also is like it was a little predictable because like you have when you have such an unsympathetic character in a horror mm-hmm. movie, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, how how badly is this going to go? And then like you kind of mm-hmm. learn where it's going and it unfolds where you expect it to go so it's not it, i mean it, it kind of read like a short story which is you know or watched like a short like a short novella or something but yeah. yeah definitely it's worth checking out for the autopsy and the murmuring if you just watch those two you've got you know i think that you'd be, probably be pretty happy and i would recommend the visitation too if you like especially if you like cosmos uh or panos cosmatos it's a comedy it's a fucking that one's a comedy i dug it i I liked it a lot quite a bit yeah quite a bit i need to revisit it and i thought uh uh, speaking of creature design i thought lionel uh lionel lannister that monster looked fucking awesome to me i loved it i watched that like end scene like three times yeah i thought the monster really cool the monster looked really cool and i and i liked the way it played out um I feel like there's an episode or two I'm kind of leaving out that probably is worthy of mention, but nothing. well, I've seen Dreams of the Witch House adapted like th- five times. I had had no, uh, I had no, I was in no rush to see another adaptation of that. And, and I guess it's pretty much. I mean, I it's one of the few Lovecraft stories I haven't read, but I, as I understand, it's a pretty big departure. Uh, I, I I liked that one okay. If I read the short story, I might not though. But yeah, I, so overall, I mean, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, Guillermo's a big, he's a big cuddly dork, just like us, but he's no Rod Serling. Like, his intros were like, fucking so goofy. He's, like, waddling up to the screen. He's like, oh, every mystery starts in it. It's like, just play the fucking episode. <laughs> it's stupid. Uh, and honestly, if I... I... If I'm gonna like if if I'm gonna watch a show called Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, I'd rather see have like a him walk me through his house and just show off his collection of stuff <laughs> yeah, and tell me stories. Barbie's cabinet, like full of special features, was lame. Yeah, so, no. uh, he's he's a yeah. I, I I'm almost more interested in just like can't you just talk? Just talk to me. Tell me what you you're thinking talk, today. But kudos, <laughs> I mean, kudos to Netflix for yeah. for putting that out there. There's a lot. It's nine ten hours of content uh i yeah. love how they sound i could go to i could go for another season for sure i i'd love the idea that they got such fantastic filmmakers yeah on board I, so. I think that it's going to do well in terms of of helping um people like david Pryor uh get some more work you know um mm-hmm. uh what's I'm trying, there's another david um uh, I'm trying to think of all of the directors of this series real quick. Give me a second. I'm sorry. Um, the guy that did, I guess I'm thinking of Pickman's model. Mm. Yeah. Keith Thomas. 
Mm. He did, I, I thought that was pretty decent. He did The Vigil, which was a really good horror movie, and F- Firestarter, which I did not see because it got such terrible reviews. Yeah, the new Firestarter. Yeah. Um, so I was. I feel like since based on how terrible reviews Firestarter mm. is, I, I, and how good Vigil is. I'm glad he had something in here in Pickman's model to kind of give people uh, an idea of what he can what he can do because it wasn't it it was very Lovecrafty. It's very Lovecrafty. Yeah. Right. But it, and it's it's just kind of super familiar in a way, but it's still well done. And uh, and in, in in so there's some good highlights for some good directors here. I will definitely mm-hmm. watch the second season, but my expectations sure. will be a little tempered. Yeah, as they should be. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Barbarian. Wow. Barbarian. <laughs> okay. So I've only watched this once. I watched it a few days ago. I wanted to try and and and, and fit it in again before watching about it. Uh, watch talking about it with you tonight. But uh what's your overall take on this on this film? What do you think? Ooh, spoiler heavy. Something. Again, spoiler heavy. Spoiler heavy. There's a there's so much to unpack here. Um not because I think the film is incredibly complex. I don't actually quite the opposite uh i think the film's biggest problem is its secrecy and build up um yeah that's 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 kind of where i'm at with it Mm. um yeah overall i enjoyed it okay we've got yet another creepy naked older woman monster coming at you i've seen that a million fucking times and I another so post, bummed out and another post-apocalyptic kind of dystopian looking detroit I'm like this does not make us look good <laughs> at least it wasn't blue at least detroit wasn't blue yeah at least it <laughs> like, wasn't blue. that's a good point <laughs> i looked yeah, up man where did we start i looked up where that neighborhood is and i like i drive by it all the time but like several miles away from it so i don't yeah. i don't have to actually yeah. uh where to start so for one, again, like uh, since we're spoiler heavy here, my assumption is anyone watching it at this point has seen the movie because I really dug the secrecy behind it. I love nothing more than going into especially a horror movie with no fucking idea of what it is about or what's going to happen. I knew that it was called Barbarian. I knew that Bill Skarsgård was in it. That was it. Oh, and I'd heard I- Airbnb something. Yep. So that's exactly where I was too. But I was hearing a shitload of buzz. I think that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, th- definitely a lot of buzz. But I, I can I can appreciate that buzz. I mean, there's a reason that we uh, set it aside to do our first horror corner mm-hmm. mini episode mm-hmm. on, because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. there is. I mean, is this the best movie of the year? No. Is it the best horror movie of the year? I, I'm not sure to say that quite yet. But I do think it does some really interesting things, mostly because of its secrecy. Because as I'm watching, I mean, the movie keeps you on the edge because you're like, and I don't know what a repeat viewing is going to be like. That, that's what I'm. That's what I was yeah. kind of getting at before, where I wanted to do yeah. a repeat viewing before talking about it with you, but I just didn't find the time. But to be so on my edge of my seat, because uh, you know, as you're watching the film, it, you don't know if Bill Skarsgård's character Keith, right? Mm-hmm. You do not know where he's coming from, and it's played so masterfully because mm. he both could just be a genuinely nice guy, or he could be trying to roofie her, and he's a yep. very real danger. Or you know, he's he's an innocent guy. So then, as you that unpacks and, and like the movie just keeps on unfolding and 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 building upon itself, 
And and then I love a sudden abrupt shift in a movie. Uh, all of a sudden, we're on the fucking highway with Justin Long, of all people, wind in his hair in a convertible. And you're like, what? I just saw the most fucked up thing. Here, I thought this was the villain. And now, we, I mean, it's a classic psycho move. You, you've got this character you think is like, you're, this is the only fucking actor's name I knew going into the movie. And now he's just been killed uh, after the first act in a very violent and memorable way. And we're taking a sudden shift in gears to a whole nother character. So that there's some familiarity in there, but I like it. I thought it was really well yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I also love the idea that I had no clue what, what it was about. I didn't see a trailer. And when that shift happens, and once again, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to have thoughts. All right. <laughs> what are you're your gonna thoughts? either be like, "Where the fuck is Bill's? Get him back here." This I'm not. <laughs> I'm bored with this. I know every time Justin Long uh, Long is in a horror movie, like some shitty happens, and he's like that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what it is. Um, yeah. So it's like pull the rug from under your feet, like the movie, the horror movie. Um, for me, man, straying away from that house was a fucking huge mistake. We get too far from it. Uh, the fear just poof went out of my body. As soon as I saw us on the Pacific coast highway, I felt safe as a viewer. Mm -hmm. And that first 40 minutes, I haven't felt that unsafe in a long time watching a horror movie. So I think that was kind of a drag, especially considering everything that happens before he gets to the house could have been taken care of over the phone in 10 seconds. Well, I think you, you raised some good points there um i think that we're supposed to get a sense of the character aj's uh, security and how that's and how he suddenly thinks that his life has been ruined and that his life is over but little does he know just how truly over his life is soon to be um but the the filmmaker zach Kreger, which mm -hmm. is the guy from wrecked i dude. i fucking i loved wrecked never would i have guessed that that dude would have gone on to do this right Oh, the guy from the uh, whitest kids you know. Remember that show? Sketch I show? I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I mean, I'm Billy aware Zeta. of it. Azar. I never watched it. But yeah, I mean, and as I understand it, he sat down with the intention of writing a script that was like all of the red flags that a man could put up, can give off and make it like a horror movie kind of thing. And so that first, that first act is so compact and almost works. I mean, it can almost just stop right there practically uh, in a way. Uh, even as late in the game where he, when, when Bill Skarsgård's character, Keith is trying to get her to go the opposite direction. You're like, Oh, he's fucking yep. trying to draw her deeper into the mine or whatever yep. the fuck this yep. is. And that's so, it's just it, to keep you constantly, you do not know until his brains are splattered all over the place mm -hmm. by this monster. Who's come out of nowhere. This is, this is a, from dusk till dawn level. Like what the yeah. fuck am I in all of a sudden? Mm -hmm. I did not know where this was going. And the movie just gets, more horrifying from there. I, I do think that uh, I get your point that it we suddenly feel safe and, and all that stuff, but it, it gives us we're, we're we're back in to the basement relatively soon, and the it, it, we're getting deeper in, into the labyrinth and learning more about. And I also really love that flashback sequence. What's not often I can say that, but I think they do a great job of reconstructing that neighborhood and yeah, making it cool. and look like the eighties and, and vibrant and alive and how terrifying speaking of Mandy and uh, 
and Panos Cosmatos, uh, Richard Brake, who played the chemist with the with the tiger mm-hmm. and Mandy, mm-hmm. and was the original <laughs> yeah. uh, Night King in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He oh, is. Nice yeah, he is so okay. chilling in this yeah. movie. That whole sequence of following him around on his chores, and you were like, "Oh, you're getting baby stuff. Why are you getting baby stuff?" <laughs> okay, um, they do. I believe this was a. I'm. I've got a lot of good things to say about the movie, but I think he does very clever things with casting here, and this felt like a misstep for me. Because great, when you got really? Bill, yeah, when you got Bill Sarsgaard, uh, fantastic actor, can't take my eyes off him. I love, can't yeah. wait to see Nosferatu and everything. The Crow, even for God's sakes, everything he does. Give me more. Much. Give me more. Everything. I'm there. I love him. Um, but we've got a a person fairly personified and and and, and married to Pennywise as the scary person. So um, to to turn the tables and have fucking subversion yet again. Uh, it's fun, okay. I think with Richard Brake, the second that you lay eyes on the guy, it's like, oh, this is a bad guy. This is a, this is a problem. This is a guy that's going to be not going good. I say maybe do the same thing, or maybe even the opposite. Give me the nice looking guy. You're like, oh, look at this guy. Oh shit, is the thing going to get him too? And then you kind of do something like that. So, I get I that know. you were saying, but you, but since this is a flashback, first, you know, it's like I don't know that you can't i don't know if it matters because you're 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 setting up that you're trying at that point as a filmmaker you're trying to explain what this creature which is a human being it turns out what this person is played by a, a man uh is a victim yeah she the mm-hmm. mother character is the is the most yeah. tragic victim of this movie by far by a million miles and yeah ask that to uh sorry to cut you off but like no. ask a 15 year old to just watch this that same question and they'll be like oh yeah scariest fucking monster horrific <laughs> god-awful thing needs to be killed immediately like yeah but if they love the movie they're gonna revisit it and maybe they'll mm-hmm. never realize that but i mean mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it's a person who's born through rape incest captivity the most horrific yeah. human like uh enslavement mm-hmm. conditions mm-hmm. possible it is it is and and that to me is what makes a, a truly horror. I mean, it's not just the way that we're we're set up to to like. There's these segments of movie that are like, you keep on. It's like a Russian doll. You keep on getting more horrified as a new sequence opens uh, up or a new door opens up. Uh, I kind of lost where I was going with that. Sorry. No, you you bring up a great point. It's yeah, it's like onion layers. Yeah. Um. I, I'm tired of victims as monsters in, in horror movies. I, okay. it, it just keeps happening. I think it's a problematic. Uh, but I mean, Fair. creepy as fuck. Creepy as fuck. Um, great makeup effects. Was that played by uh, a male yeah. actor? Yeah, yeah, it was. Because um, it had to be someone super, super tall and strong. Looking, second, I, I thought it might have been Richard Brake, but I don't think it was either. No, it wasn't. It, I, I got the guy's name. But he's kind of an unknown. Um, I, you know, well, I know where I was going with that before is that to me, I, I love, I love supernatural horror. Like that's my bread and butter, but the stuff that really scares me is the stuff that humans can do to each other. The stuff that goes on behind closed doors. And this is the ultimate, what goes on in your neighbor's house, uh, kind of horror movie. I think that you have no idea just how horrific and deep and twisted it can get with this movie. And the worst thing about it is that the killer, the the monster, the evil entity, 
he gets away scot-free. He finally gets his hands on the gun that he's been, he, he's freed. Like, you know, yeah. he's been trying to get to that gun forever, yeah. but he, he couldn't get the mother to give it to him. Mm-hmm. So to finally have a game, he, he doesn't even shoot the guy first. He's not going to fuck around. He shoot, he, you know, AJ first, he shoots himself in the head and he puts himself out of his misery. And it's like, no, you deserve to suffer. Yeah. That's, um, that's interesting. You say that, uh, Maybe it's my intellect, but I I thought that was, well, I'm fucked and I'm not going to jail, so I might as well blow my brains out. Uh, I think interesting. It, he couldn't get up from the bed. He was he was literally stuck in that bed, right? He mm. couldn't. He had been in there forever. The, the mother was the only person to who could possibly take care of him, and she mm. was just basically breastfeeding him and feeding him the same shit. It looks like water bottles were getting in there too, but uh, but he was living in like absolute hell. Yeah, I and, know, like, and then he got I freed he was, from it. Yeah, I figure. I thought he was like the like the ringmaster setting up the camera, doing everything nonstop, even to that very day. I think that he had been, but mm-hmm. he no longer had the ability to. He was bedridden because okay. mm-hmm. he couldn't even reach the fucking cabinet. He had to get him to get it over there to him. Gotcha. So. Uh, yeah, he definitely was the one that had done all of this. Yeah, and it's. I, I didn't mean, know he was incapacitated. I guess I mean, that's what I picked up on. But the movie, I mean, like when she, when the, we haven't talked about the main character uh, properly enough yet, who she does a fantastic, fantastic. job. Um, when she gets down there, uh, Tess, played by mm-hmm. Georgina mm-hmm. Campbell, mm-hmm. Uh, when she first gets down there and you see the bloodstained mattress and the video camera and all that, I'm like, this movie's terrifying. This is so fucking scary, blah, blah, blah. And and one of the one of the gripes I do have about the movie, I'm like, get the fuck out of there. And when she almost gets yeah. out of there a couple times and just won't quite do it, I'm like, I don't care how much empathy you have, get the fuck out of there. Travis, um, she does so many smart things in that first chunk, and then so many dumb things in the second. It's well, it's no, tricky. she doesn't. It's not smart to enter the house in the first chunk. It was never smart to get in the house in the first place, regardless of how nice the guy seemed or that his that you know no he she she never should have gotten in that house in the first place. If you know I, Detroit like we do, you drive forty minutes and you're in fucking Bloomfield Hills and you can get in the hotel just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she's got GPS. She could have gotten mm-hmm. out of there and found a hotel outside of wherever the convention is, which. Mm-hmm. It's it sounds like total bullshit when he's saying that, and she doesn't even like look into it. She doesn't even Google it to see, yeah. you know, she doesn't break out the travelocity or nothing. So I don't <laughs> think that she's making a lot of great decisions in that opening, to be honest. Mm. Well, the way she navigates the situation inside is, is interesting. Yeah. Now, when she's in the basement is actually when I think that she's smartest because she's mm. she's she is quiet. She figures out very quickly. So when obviously when Keith, Bill Skarsgård's mm-hmm. character's head mm-hmm. is dashed in front of her. She must have been frozen in shock and completely unable to respond. It just went into like fear mode. And then the mother must have probably taken her and like probably tried to breastfeed her or did uh, and like did all that stuff. And she figured out if, if she was chill and calm, she she learned really because because she's a woman, maybe she figured out really quickly. This is a maternal thing that really just wants to uh, love me. Uh, as sick and, and mm-hmm. twisted and as disgusting as it is. And the fucking breast milk. Oh, my God. That, talk about hard to watch. Creepy. Oh my God. When the fucking bottle comes out. Yeah. And, you know, the, oh, yeah. it's so gross. Yeah. So it reminded me a lot of the episode of the X-Files. Home. If you know X-Files, you know Home. Yeah, and I Raiders. know Home, but it's been a long time. Yeah. Remind me. <laughs> well, 
family of, of, of like like inbreded people like trap oh. foxes yeah. and, and scully into their house and they're that's it's right. really fucking creepy and like the, yeah. the matriarch is running the show and she's incapacitated and she wants the bloodline to continue really fucked up Ugh. yeah that is that is fucked up and and you know all, and that and that's what this movie does it takes like all the taboo um horrifying things about our society that we hardly talk about like sex slavery and rape and incest and all of these things that are suburban things mm-hmm. in a lot of ways everyday things uh for generations and 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 not in in, in many countries um, this kind of horrific treatment that humans can do to one another. And it just pushes it all into your face. Now, I do have, before we get um, too wrapped up in all this, because I know this is a mini episode, mm-hmm. I do have one huge complaint. Bring it. Uh, my my biggest complaint about this movie that I would be uh, remiss to not bring up if I was reviewing it, which is I have a rough, I'm not a physicist. But I have a rough idea how how physics work. I have a rough idea how gravity works. If you are thrown off of a high thing and then a, a second later an individual leaps after you, if you're not if there's not enough space where you can like if you're not skydiving where you can go like head first and like do the whole fucking thing where you can position yourself underneath of that individual, it doesn't yep. make any sense that the mother gets underneath of her. It makes sense that AJ throws Tess off. I like that as a, as a surprise, but that the mother could somehow magically position herself beneath is bullshit. It's, it's only like three stories. I rewound it to see exactly how much time uh, went by uh, from when uh, Tess was thrown off and then the mother jumped to get her. It was preposterous. And you nailed it. Let's just skydive and you go into torpedo mode. You are <laughs> right. not getting down there. Uh, yeah. It's, I would just it's... wish they made a different decision on that. She so rather than having AJ yell, it's your baby, which that mm-hmm. takes time. You mm-hmm. should have just you easily could have. I mean, again, I think that the filmmaker does a great the makers do a great job mm-hmm. in many other places. But mm-hmm. what if the mother just saw what was happening on her own and left mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. AJ could throw it off and kind of like grabbed the end, the edges and swung herself towards it? That would have made perfect sense. And you could have the same thing happen because the mother's watching what's happening and figuring it out, and she's a sentient being. So yeah. I, I don't. And I don't know why they made that choice. There's a good piece of imagery with mother jumping behind him, or mm-hmm. her. And I mean, I I rag on Justin Long, but I'm a fan. Uh, he and he, he does did. he does great work as this. He nails this like post Me Too character perfectly. Uh, and I I really like the scene where it's on the nose, but he's talking about comeuppance and um, regret. But they don't allow the character to pursue that. He's just still a dick. Part of me does wish maybe Tess slipped or hit something, and he tries, but he, he, I, I did not like how he just, oh, I'm an asshole by nature. I'm going to continue to be one and throw her off. I, I didn't dig that. I actually really dug that because, did I mean, he, he, well, yeah, he's been me too because he really is a rapist. He's not innocent. He On the dance floor, he tells his buddy that eventually she yeah, got into sure. it. So, sure. so he is someone who, unlike, say, Richard Brake's character, who surely knows that he's a monster, this guy walks around thinking that he's a good person and a nice guy, blah, 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 and, and, un- and unfair things are happening to him that he doesn't deserve, even though he raped a woman. And Totally. I totally get that. So but he's nothing, But there's nothing like a circumstance of this magnitude to make you change. 
Oh, uh, yes, there is. So I think there's an opportunity there. Survival mode. He's in survival mode. And and some people, you know, when the zombies come in, are going to push someone down in front of the zombie. And some people are going to go back to help someone up, right? And he's very much the push someone over in front of the zombie kind of guy. That's basically what he does here. He, he absolutely, you know, like, turns... Oh God! But when he fucking shoots her, that's bad enough. <laughs> that's bad enough. And he fucking you're like, no, no, no. He's gonna shoot you, uh, and then he does. Yeah. But you know, to me, one of the funniest and most on the nose critiques, and this is why I love horror so much. We talked about this on the show before. Mm-hmm. How it's just such a great portal into the anxieties of an era. Um, the response that Tess's that Tess has when she sees the blood room like the blood the bloody you know the fuck room whatever it's happening the, the snuff room when she sees that and when she discovers the hallway the, the, the downstairs the dugout place that goes even deeper that looks like hell she is appropriately horrified and she plays it great aj sees an opportunity and immediately is running upstairs and trying to figure out on the internet if this adds to his square footage like the 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 complete reversal of how that they view the dangers of the world uh and how they could twist that to potentially privilege i thought that that was really funny and really satirically well played i'm glad that you uh, enjoyed that part (laughs) i think the fact that it was kind of funny bothered me because i was ready to be fucking like scared scared i thought that's what this movie was going to do to me like texas chainsaw type in the pit of my stomach i wasn't expecting the laughs and i thought it was kind of silly once he busted out the tape measure i'm like you're losing me it's kind of dumb i don't know if somebody would actually do this but when the tape measure gets snatched away from him i think yeah. i found that pretty scary yeah. and honestly i need moments of levity in this in, mm-hmm. a, in any movie because if you're going to have me also see justin long forcibly held down in front of this like videotape from the 1990s playing while he's forced to breastfeed from the grossest breast in human history that's a rough scene and there's a quite a few rough scenes in this movie i i for one do i i don't do like i like a little bit of levity in there and to me i mm-hmm. thought that was played well enough that it kind of broke the tension for me in a way i was grateful for but i i, I get your point especially God, if you, a chuckle <laughs> yeah like i am because it's a fucking bleak movie man it is a bleak film yeah. I mean, not not the least of which is it's small but effective comment on how the destitute cannot get decent help from uh, public safety officials. <laughs> oh my God! Like th- th- those policemen are two of the biggest monsters in the movie, and it's so believable. It's so believable that if a woman came up to them looking like that, that they would just write her off as on drugs or lying and just not even try to help remotely. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm watching, I'm like, everyone's going to be like, oh, fucking cops. But I'm also thinking, well, they see this every day and they're usually right about this situation. So I don't know. Well, I mean, okay, but if you're there to protect and serve and someone is in clear distress, <laughs> yeah, you what know, the fuck are you even doing? <laughs> right. I mean, you know, like even if they're lying or if they're on drugs, you're still in distress. So, you know, do your job. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think that um, 
I liked the we, we haven't touched on Andre, the guy that played the homeless man who mm-hmm. uh, chases mm-hmm. her down. Like mm-hmm. and that's that's a, again another great reversal of your expectations where you think right. that this is a person to be afraid of, and, mm-hmm. and he's actually trying to help her, and he's there to pull mm-hmm. her out. Uh, when he he gets his own arm ripped out of his body and beaten to death with it, that's a memorable movie death. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. awesome. But yeah, I mean, I just keep going back when the movie ended and the end credits rolled, like the obligatory Ronette song came on. I was like, man, I want more Sarsgaard. Like, I I just miss that character. I miss that dynamic. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And then when I when I add up the runtime, it seems too much like a gotcha. Let's do this for sub, um for a subversion for, for, sake yeah. kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, is it a problem if a movie's first act is its best act? Yeah, I will agree with that. And it's interesting with as outlandish as this movie gets that it's in some ways most horrifying when it's just two people sitting at a coffee table. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which mm-hmm. speaks volumes mm-hmm. about, I, th- I mean, this is the guy's first film, Zach Kreger. Yeah. I think I think we can expect more good work from him. This made mm-hmm. $40 million or four, it it? It? $40 million on its $4 million budget. Damn, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so we're going to see more stuff from him and probably in, in this genre. And I think he's very well suited to do it. This is a, 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 a hell of a crack at a first uh, attempt at, at, at filmmaking. And it, so, yeah, there's, there are some structural issues, gravitational issues, as the case may be. Sure. Uh, but clearly the man knows how to cast a movie and he knows how to shoot a movie he knows how to bring up some serious dread i mean as she's mm-hmm. walking deeper and deeper and like that when the door pops open you realize it's going to go deeper yeah. and deeper i mean yeah. just like i was on the edge of my seat absolutely and i felt that way quite a few i mean i felt revolted i felt i felt alive watching <laughs> this horror movie you know that's what you kind of want you want that fear that rush that thrill mm-hmm. i got it from this movie is it a 10 out of 10 movie not for me, but man, it's pretty great. Yeah, uh, I want to see more Georgina Campbell. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know where she came from, but TV. she does a lot with very little dialogue in a lot of those scenes. Extremely convincing. I love the writing is very smart uh, in that first chunk with those gender dynamics in this specific situation. They don't make the guy like a total dipshit asshole. He's just supposed to be like, oh, stupid men. And they don't make her naive and and, and silly either. Um, I think they play it just right. So, yeah, Craigers has got uh, my ears are pricking up. Bring him on for Cabinet Curiosity season two. I'll give him a, Ooh, yeah. a mini sode. That would be, I mean, that would be a, a, a great way to round out this episode and end it for sure. us. Sure. <laughs> Any yeah, other I comments? Like, I like the, no, I, I like the film, some of the stuff I've seen before, but anytime you've got a door in a house that opens up to a weird ass long tunnel, why is it there? What the fuck is in there? Yeah. You've got me. And it's got things to say, not on a Jordan Peele level, but just enough to let me know that this is still a salient thing to do in horror and it's not yeah. a tired trope yet. So yeah, cool movie. Yeah. I well, well put. I, I would echo again uh, our sentiment earlier that Detroit is not a hellscape. There no. are parts of it that are beautiful and mm-hmm. uh, perfectly safe. Uh, please come visit. We're, we, we need your certain, we need your tourism, <laughs> but you know, this movie is very much going to stick with me. I don't know what those repeat viewings are going to be like, but there will be some, this is not, I mean, this is 
as far as one of my favorite genres, if not my favorite genre goes, and this is for me one of the best of the 2020s so far. I'm gonna say, yeah, I I definitely put it up there. So I'm digging the horror corner. So email the show if you uh if you want more horror, we're willing to uh, um go into the horror corner once again and do some some mini shows. I think this is a lot of fun. Um, Likewise, I mean horror, horror is one of those things that. Like growing up, I enjoyed them, but I didn't start to really get into them until maybe my 20s. And I honestly, I got into them because of, I was going through a bad depression. And horror movies, as a lot of people will tell you, are a great way to get out of depression. It's a great way to relieve emotions inside that is hard to to get out in, in healthy ways. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would love to do this again. It's fun. We will do it again. So thank you, Eric. Thank you, everybody, for watching, listening. We really appreciate it. Check out Barbarian if you haven't already. My God, I hope you did before listening to this. All right. Much love, everybody. Thank you. Have a great night.